Please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. The Scripture reading begins in Hebrews 4. And verse 14 through verse 10 of Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. Hear God's Word. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, this year word, and thank you that uh, we have an opportunity uh, to look into it briefly this evening. And as we do so, Father, we pray that you will uh, be pleased to lift up uh, Jesus Christ as he is presented to us in this text. And may we Uh, In the end, Father, stand in awe of Him, uh, because He is the ground of our confession, and He is the one who gives us confidence. And so bless us in this, we pray, and give us Your grace, we ask, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, Amen. 
the Westminster Shorter Catechism in question and answer 20 says this, Did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? Answer, God having out of His mere good pleasure from all eternity elected some to everlasting life, did enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into an estate of salvation by a Redeemer. Uh, Then the Catechism asks this question, Who is the Redeemer of God's elect? The only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man and so was, and continueth to be both God and man in two distinct natures in one person forever. And then the Catechism speaks further about the Lord Jesus Christ in terms of His being a prophet, a priest, and a king. And the Catechism asks this question, How does Christ execute the office of a priest? Christ executeth the office of a priest in His once offering up of Himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. The priesthood of Jesus Christ. Uh, The book of Hebrews uh, centers on uh, the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the whole center section and main body of uh, the book of Hebrews has to do with the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And uh, the text that we just read, uh, beginning in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, begins uh, the body of the book of Hebrews, Uh, as I say, which centers on the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And uh, we are to learn uh, from this text uh, that we just read that uh, Jesus Christ is the one whom we confess. Jesus Christ is our confidence uh, before God. And you and I ought therefore to stand in awe of Him. He is our confession, and our confidence. And uh, so this, this is the big uh, idea in the text, uh, that you and I ought to stand in awe of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who is our confession and our confidence before God. Uh, the text starts out in uh, verse 14, Uh, telling us that it is the Son of God who is our great high priest. Uh, Look at verses 14 and 15. Uh, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. 
Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. It's Jesus, the Son of God, who is your great high priest, who is our great high priest. And it's quite startling, it seems, that the writer to the Hebrews describes him as the one who has passed through the heavens. He came into this world. He was born of a virgin. He lived as a man in this world. He was crucified, dented, buried, and raised again from the dead. And then He ascended into heaven. He passed through the heavens, as the writer to the Hebrews puts it. And if you go out on a dark night in a solitary place away from the lights of the city and look into the heavens and the sky, as it were, presses down towards you and you see the immensity of the firmament. It's that heaven through which our Lord Jesus Christ passed to sit on the throne of the majesty on high as King of kings and Lord of lords. And because He entered this world as a man, the writer to the Hebrews says, we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are. He took on himself human flesh. He had a human body just like yours. And so when he was a boy in the carpenter's shop and he hit his thumb with a hammer, he got a bruise, just like you would. And if he nicked his hand with a knife, he bled, just like you would. And it's this Lord Jesus that is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because He, in these respects, was just like us, who in every respect was tempted, or as we can translate it, tested, as you are and as I am. In other words, when He entered into this life, he experienced all the things of life that you experience and that I experience. He was faced with all the different kinds of circumstances that you are faced with and I am faced with. And he was tested and tempted 
in all of those circumstances. And yet, he did not sin. And from that statement, you might say, well, he was so different than I am. He was so distinct from that which I am in my body and in my flesh that his temptations meant nothing. On the contrary, C.S. Lewis puts it this way, Jesus Christ was the only one who ever felt the full force of temptation in this life. And the reason he was the only one who felt the full force of temptation in this life is that he's the only one who pressed through temptations all the way to the end. Most of us, what do we do? The test or the temptation comes, and we get partially way into it, and we flag. We fall. No, not the Lord Jesus Christ. He pressed through all the way and felt the length and the depth of every trial and every temptation. This is the greatness of the One who is our High Priest. And the book of Hebrews then indicates to us that the Old Testament priest, Aaron, foreshadowed Jesus Christ. Verse 1 and following in chapter 5, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. Uh, you, you see, uh, the writer to the Hebrews goes back to Aaron and the uh, priesthood of the Old Testament. And uh, as he says, uh, every high priest chosen from among, among men is appointed to act on behalf of men. See, this was the idea of the Old Testament priesthood. And uh, when Moses was appointed by God to erect the tabernacle, and uh, he was uh, told by God to appoint, uh, to ordain Aaron, his brother, as the high priest, uh, this appointment set Aaron in a, a very special position by God. And this is what uh, the writer to the Hebrews is telling us. And he was appointed to act on behalf of men in relationship to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest in the Old Testament was called upon to offer these sacrifices on uh, the altar animal sacrifices for sin. And because the high priest himself 
was beset with weaknesses, the writer to the Hebrews tells us. He was obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins as he does for those of the people. As the people were, so he was weak and sinful. And before he was able properly to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people, he had to go before God and offer sacrifices for himself. Uh, Of course, uh, this was not the case with Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ, who uh, was the sacrifice, uh, needed not to offer a sacrifice for himself because he was without sin. And the writer to the Hebrews goes on and says, And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when he uh, was called by God just as Aaron was. And so the idea is that Aaron foreshadowed Jesus Christ. Look forward to Jesus Christ. And in fact, all the ceremonies in the Old Testament looked forward to Jesus Christ. And further, all of the Old Testament looked forward to Jesus Christ. And you understand this is the case. Uh, When Jesus Christ was on the Emmaus Road uh, with His disciples after the resurrection, He began to speak to them from Moses and from the Psalms, and from the prophets, explaining to them how He Himself had fulfilled all of the Scriptures. And so this Jesus Christ is our great High Priest. And this Jesus Christ was appointed a priest by God in the order of Melchizedek. Look at verses 5 and following. So also Christ did not exalt Himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by Him who said, You are My Son. Today I have begotten you. As He also says in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ coming into this world was appointed a priest. And he entered into his public ministry when he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him and prepared him for his office and particularly for the office of his priesthood. And Psalm 2, which is quoted here in Hebrews 5, You are my son, today I have begotten you is used in the New Testament over and over again to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul in Acts 13 utilized Psalm 2 and this very text, You are My Son, today I have begotten you, to preach Jesus Christ and to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it is also that Psalm 110 speaks of our Lord Jesus Christ. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
Melchizedek comes on the scene in the Old Testament. Uh, Suddenly, uh, we see him in uh, Genesis 14. And uh, there's no record of his background. There's no record of his birth. There's no genealogy given of Melchizedek. But he comes on the scene suddenly. And then he passes from the scene suddenly after an encounter uh, with Abraham. And the Old Testament tells us he was priest of Salem, uh, likely uh, the place that became Jerusalem. And Melchizedek was a priest among a people during the time of the patriarchs who it appears loved God and followed God. Uh, uh, Like Job, who lived during the time of the patriarchs and lived during that ancient time. And Jesus Christ, coming into the world, is set aside as a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And the name Melchizedek means King of Righteousness. It's two Hebrew words packed together. Melech and Sadak. King and Righteousness. And in Jesus Christ, the idea of kingship and the idea of priesthood are packed together. And this is an eternal, an eternal priesthood. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There's no end to this priesthood. And when Jesus Christ assumes His place on the throne of the Majesty on high, as the Catechism puts it, He intercedes for us. He ever lives to intercede for the saints for the likes of you and me. And so He's there right now praying for you and praying for me. A priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And as a priest, the writer to the Hebrews goes on to tell us that Jesus Christ learned obedience through the things that He suffered Verses 7 and 8. In the days of his, of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to Him who was able to save Him from death. And He was heard because of His reverence. Although He was a son, He learned obedience through what He suffered. He offered up prayers and supplications with tears and loud cries before God. It's well known that Jesus Christ often went to a quiet place to pray. And the writer to the Hebrews here indicates that in those prayers, He cried out to God His Father with regard to His duties and obligations as the high priest of His people. And he no doubt shed many tears before God on behalf of the likes of you and me. The only place in the New Testament 
that we have a record of Jesus crying is before the tomb of Lazarus, his friend. And the text simply says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ fell alone on the ground again and cried out to His Father, thinking about the cross that was before Him and the suffering that He was to endure. If it be Your will, O Father, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not My will, but Your will be done. And He was heard, the text tells us, in His prayers, because of His holy reverence and awe for His Father in heaven as He carried out the duties of His priesthood. And although He was a Son, although He was the very Son of God, He learned obedience through the things that He suffered. Yes, He suffered flogging and beating. And He heard the cursing of those around Him and the blasphemy and And he went to the cross. And he suffered with nails in his hands and in his feet. And hanged on that cross, he suffered the agony of hell itself. Uh, This was his descent into hell. Because he suffered all the curses of God that ought to be applied to you and me. And he cried out in agony, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken of the love and the mercy and the compassion of God in darkness on that day. Abandoned by all of his friends, and by the love of God itself, suffering for you and for me, bearing the punishment due to us for our sins. And he learned obedience. It's kind of curious, isn't it? How could he learn obedience? He learned as a man, the significance of suffering in obedience to his Father for the sins of his people. And he became thus, he became thus, the source of your salvation and of my Salvation. Verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all 
who obey Him. Yes, His death, His life, His resurrection is the source of eternal salvation. He reconciled us to God. And what this means is that God held your sins and my sins against us. He held your sins against you and He held my sins against me. God held our sins against us. And we needed to be reconciled to God. And how is that possible? Only through the suffering of Jesus Christ. He reconciled us to God. He is therefore the source of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. And how do you obey Him? How do you obey Him? By trusting Him. By believing Him. By following Him. It's the obedience of faith. And all of this, all of this comes together as you realize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, your great high priest, is your confession and your confidence before God. Back to verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And what is your confession with regard to Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul puts it clearly in Romans 10 that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. This is your confession. And the writer to the Hebrews announces that this is your confession and tells you and tells me, hold fast to your confession. Do not waver from that confession. Hold fast to Jesus Christ. He is your great high priest and He alone is that high priest. And He is also your confidence before God. Verse 16 in chapter 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're all in our time of need. You and I, as we are together here this evening, are in our time of need. Oh yes, there are times of need through which we pass 
And each one of us has little besetting sins and greater besetting sins. Which when you consider the suffering of Jesus Christ and how He pressed through every temptation to the end, the sins and besetting temptations that we have pale in insignificance to the wonder of who Jesus Christ really is. And because of His greatness, He is your confidence before God the Father in heaven. And you can pray with assurance to the great God of heaven in the name of Jesus Christ in every time of need. This is what the writer to the Hebrews is telling us. And so, be in awe of Jesus Christ, your high priest, your confession, and your confidence. Let's review it just briefly again. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is your great high priest. All of the Old Testament foreshadows His coming. All that the Old Testament has to say looks forward to Jesus Christ. And all that the New Testament speaks to us tells us how Jesus Christ fulfilled what's spoken in the Old Testament. And this Jesus was appointed by God an eternal priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And in this world, as he exercised his priesthood, he learned obedience through that which he suffered. And because of this, he became the source of eternal salvation for you and for me. He is your confession and your confidence before God. Stand in awe of Him, your great high priest, whom you confess and who is your confidence before the living God. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Jesus Christ. Give us grace to see Him in Your Word more plainly. And cause our hearts to be amazed at Him, our great priest, our confession, and our confidence. 
Bless us to this end, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is indeed the only Savior. Amen.